Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Eden talking about our one cool black history gal. So Bonnie talked about Queen Nanny of the Maroons and Eden talked about Grace Wilson Evans and Katie talked about one of my favorite ladies of all time, Tina Turner, y'all, Tina Turner. Um, But before we dive back in, uh, I'm going to let you know what's going on with the Gals Guide calendar for this week. So this is the week of February 28th through March 6th. Uh, we are transitioning from Black History Month into Women's History Month, um, aka Women's History Month is kind of what we do all year round, and also Black History Month is kind of what we do all year round, but it's okay because the world's paying attention. Uh, so on Friday is the opening night of our art show. That's right, Gals Guide has curated an art show featuring women of history and it is on display at Nickel Plate Arts Campus through the entire month of March. Uh, However, mark one really cool special date on your calendar because Friday, March 4th, which is the first Friday, we're gonna be joined by Miss Art World South Dakota Claire Lockhart is coming to visit us, y'all. So if you would love to meet Claire in person, she will be in town and she will bring pieces of her art with her. So seriously, mark that calendar, Friday, March 4th, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's going to be awesome. Uh, And continue to check out all of our events at galsguide.org. So now I want to know something random that I'm going to ask our gal pals. And my question is actually a question that my gal is very famous for always asking. And the question is, what does your soul need? And I told the ladies, it can be momentary of what their soul needs right now, or it can be as deep and personal as they want to. Insert dread from every single one of (laughs) y'all. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go first. Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, okay, so everybody in the free world knows that I love genealogy. Yes. Um, and I think uh, one of the um, reasons why is because when you remember who came before you, they haven't really died. Yes, they're immortal. <laughs> physically mm-hmm. but someone remembers them it's the whole point behind uh day of the dead mm-hmm. uh in all of the different um cultures that have some version of day of the dead mm-hmm. um and so i think one of the things one of the big things my soul needs is to connect with my ancestors yes and to connect with the remnants of their souls here on earth i love that because that is going to tie into my lady (laughs) and you might just love this too much (laughs) i did that on purpose girl (laughs) this is a total like fate thing this entire the lady that i'm covering is totally fake just saying i like it well, I know that Leah already knows what my soul needs. 
because your, without, what is your soul need, Katie? Without a doubt, every holiday or birthday, you buy me some kind of self-reflection journal. I feel like that's where you're at in January and that your soul is very like reflective. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you're checking yourself in, you know, like, what do I need? You know what I mean? So no, it's is something it that- ongoing for me that I, I, I do need and need to spend more time on um, because I very much like to make sure everybody around me is good and pleased. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably that sounds really nice, but sometimes it's on a micromanaging kind of level. But what about you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely need to spend more time like figuring out the me question. Exactly. And I know that you always feel better and feel more grounded when you're checking in with yourself. So that's just, that's just me watching out for my girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Always. Bonnie, what is your soul need? I'll start getting it ready to order on uh, Amazon. What do you need? <laughs> uh, puppy cuddles. All puppy cuddles? Puppy kisses. Absolutely. My face when I'm out in public and there's a dog, I'm like, <gasps> I'm driving and there's a dog in the car. I have to announce it. Like, mm-hmm. Your soul needs puppy love. Yes, 100%. I am not going to order a puppy for you on Amazon. So instead, I'm going to throw you a puppy parade and let's say around your birthday this year. (laughs) Yeah. Will that be good? Perfect. There you go. (laughs) I love this. Okay. So uh, for me, I, I do check in with myself like every, it's actually Chinese New Year. So Chinese New Year um, uh, was earlier this month. And this is usually when I check in with myself. Um, I'm very much geekish. So I even do my bazai chart and I see what the year is going to unfold. And then what I do is I dig into it and then I forget it. Like, I just kind of like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But I like the idea that I've at least plugged into it. And for some odd reason, I feel like this year, my soul needs more water. And I know that's going to manifest in like a lot of different ways. Like I need to drink more water. (laughs) I need to like bathe, sauna, shower, you know what I mean? More often. I need to go to a lake. I need to go to the ocean. I don't know. I just need more water this year um, in many ways than one. And I have a feeling there's some deeper meaning that I haven't even figured out why, but I feel like that's what my soul needs. So we'll see. We'll check in next year and see what happened. <laughs> so I'm very excited to talk about this gal. Uh, she is the winner of the NAACP Image Award. She is an author, a teacher. She's from Zimbabwe and she got her master's in America. Plus she was Oprah Winfrey's all time favorite guest. Does anybody know who I'm talking about just based on that? No, didn't think so. <laughs> Cause I wouldn't have known based on that either. So my cool gal is Tara Trent and she wrote a book called The Awakened Woman. Um, and I love this book. So the full title is The Awakened Woman, A Guide for Remembering and Igniting Your Sacred Dreams. And this book is so good. (laughs) Uh, I own a copy. I immediately bought a copy for the Gals Guide Library. So it's there. I told Katie about it for book club. (laughs) I think this will be the book that I annoy everybody with like all year long because I love it. I posted it on my Facebook page. 
Um, I love the concept and it was totally serendipitous of how I found it. Our Barnes and Noble is moving and everything went half off. So I just went to the self-help section <laughs> and I bought those, you know, those books that are like the Finnish way, uh, Langom, the Swedish way. Okay. So I bought that one and I bought the Finnish way and I bought Wasabi, which it was not Wasabi, it's was, uh, Wasi Sabi, which is the Japanese way. So I was buying all of these different ways of life. And then I just, I couldn't, there was something in this one that even though it wasn't part of, this is a, you know what I mean? A culture or a trendy word, you know what I mean? Like the huggy words and stuff like that. I'm like, I just, I have to get this. I just have to get this. And it was the first one that I read and I've been obsessed. So I've gone back and forth of whether or not I tell you about Tari Ra's first, like her life um, or her advice. Um, and in the book, I will say she goes back and forth. She'll, she'll tell you a little bit about her life and then she'll tell you uh, her about her life plan and how things unfold. And then she'll tell you more about her life. So it goes in a back and forth kind of style, but I really, I really like uh, putting things in boxes <laughs> and kind of like hitting it in chunks. So I'm going to start with what she did to make her dreams a reality because it's super powerful stuff that everybody can use. Um, so one of the main things that she talks about is the great hunger, um, the hunger for a life with meaning is the great hunger. Um, she asks you in the book to think about what you are hungry for. Um, and she asked the question that I asked you, which is what does your soul need? And that is your great hunger. It's that, you know, if you even have struggle kind of like defining what your great hunger is or what your soul needs, she even suggests asking, what breaks my heart? And I wasn't going to ask you that on a podcast because that becomes very, very personal. <laughs> but by asking yourself, what breaks your heart? And then thinking about what can you do to fix that suffering in the world is how you satisfy that great hunger and how you can make the world a better place. So automatically I'm like, um, so yes, I'm down with this. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. um, she says early on in the book about how, quote, it can be so easy to wear other people's faces. Um, an example of that is being the selfless mother of the world. Like I care for everybody else and I don't care for myself. That's kind of putting on a mask or wearing somebody else's face as a role. Uh, third world victim is another face that people put on. Uh, she continues and says, quote, when we are not deeply trapped in our authentic selves, we become divided from ourselves. And as a result, we grow to be divided from one another, from our sacred purpose and from the world. The world is depending on you to name your great hunger for indeed that awakening to your sacred pur purpose is radical and a social act. It is time to let your sacred person come forth like a river flow. Let your great hunger pour. Let you flood the world with it. So I'm loving her. <laughs> I'm seeing so, a connection with your soul needing water. Yes, right. Ready to flood the world. Exactly. Yes. So that's why I think the water thing is very 
it's very multi-layered in in that ness of it but yes uh, but Tara Ronnie, she talks about in the book a lot about sacred womanhood. Um, she talks about how all women are part of the circle of its support and its strength. And she says, quote, by reclaiming our part of the collective circle and by joining the circle, we share our courage with the world around us. So she's very much about, all right, ladies, get in formation, <laughs> which I adore. <laughs> um, she has a lot of great metaphors that she uses um, and they all relate to nature, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, she talks a lot about planting. Now her uh, grandmother was a seed keeper uh, on the family farm in Zimbabwe. Um, but she also talked about the seed keeper in a very metaphorical way. She said that one who keeps the old seeds so they don't become extinct. She said, quote, to be the seed keeper, like being a midwife, means bearing sacred witness to transitions, to growth, to change, and to loss. So it did make me think of the library being the keeper of seeds, you know what I mean? The different books that we have of women's history, but it also made me think of Eden's work with genealogy. You are keeping the seeds. You are making sure that those seeds are being nurtured and kept and can be replanted and regrew in your family. And I think it's just so beautiful that that you know what I mean that metaphor of how do we keep the seeds how do we replant the seeds how do we preserve them um one of my biggest aha moments in this book and there was lots of them there are too many underlines in this book I will just tell you <laughs> uh, but one of my big aha moments was when Tara talks to her mother about wanting to get her PhD and her mother said Every dream has greater meaning when it is tied to the betterment of the community. That is what makes a meaningful life. And so for me, the big aha moment, because I will talk about being a filmmaker every now and again as like a past life situation. <laughs> um, but for me, um, I didn't see filmmaking as helping my community in a meaningful way. I saw it in a competition way you know what I mean like who's better um judging each other not wanting to see the su successes of the community um and so it really wasn't making me feel like I was doing something to create a meaningful life but the library and sharing women's stories and curating those seeds and spreading out those seeds I can see it better so it's not that it wasn't there for filmmaking or that it could never be. I just couldn't see it as well as I can see uh, the work with the library. So it satisfies and fulfills my great hunger <laughs> um, a lot better. And I can also see my own face in it. Where filmmaking, I felt like I was seeing what a filmmaker is supposed to look like. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? A kind of persona that wasn't really me and I wasn't really comfortable with that persona. Um, so that was the big aha for moment for me is when it's the betterment of community. And I will say we work so hard with the library, but the soon as we had our opening night, 
I feel like the library, that's when it really started. Um, people kind of paid attention to it, but once those doors were open and people could see it, then it became about the community. And then it really started becoming what we all knew it could have been. <laughs> Just was taking some time. Um, so now there's lots more amazing metaphors like throughout the whole book. Uh, so The Awakened Woman is the book. Um, but there is an important part of her process in making her dreams a reality. And it's a very tangible thing. And it's something that she talked about on her TED talk as well. So she has a TED talk. Um, and it's talking about planting her dreams in the ground so that they would take root. So let me explain. So in her village in Zimbabwe, it is very customary that when a new baby is born, a section of the umbilical cord is cut and wrapped into the cloth of the mother's like dress, favorite dress, you know, uh, an article that really means something to the mother. So inside this fabric from the mother is the umbilical cord and it is wrapped together and then it is buried within the village, okay? The idea is then that child will always have a connection to where they were born. So they will have that energy that will bring them back to where they were rooted, to where they were born, and it will call them home. So Tara Ra took that same tradition because her mother was a midwife and did this practice all the time. And so what she did is she wrote down her dreams and she had four dreams. Uh, number one, go to America. Number two, get an undergraduate degree. Number three, get her master's degree. And number four, get a PhD. Nice. Totally easy, right? <laughs> but these were her four dreams. She wrote them down. She put them in a tin can and she buried them underneath of a rock. And she planted it near her family's farm as well. But enough so that it wouldn't be dug up, you know what I mean, for harvest or anything like that. So, <laughs> but she says this in the book. I have seen it happen time and time again. When you bury your dreams, you plant seeds. Now you have something to tend, something to water, and something to watch grow. This is a very physical and spiritual practice that allows you to have power that is in your hands, the power you alone have to birth your dreams into existence. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> That I'm like, give me a piece of paper and a rock because I want to do this right now. <laughs> Did you do it? I haven't done it yet. Also, the okay. ground is frozen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was really thinking that we could totally do like a spring thing at the library where we encourage people to really think about this mm -hmm. and to write down their dreams. And maybe we could talk to Nicoplate about having a spot in the garden that is uh people's dreams you know what i mean i think it's more powerful if you take it home and you nurture it you know what i mean on your ground uh or in your sacred space but i do also think that you know that could be a possibility too for people we should get little pots and some seeds and they can put their dreams under and grow a flower and take their pot home right exactly and then they can replant it if they need to or they can tend to it you know what i mean in their in their kitchen or in their happy place exactly to have that option so uh, seed paper so you could totally oh, yeah. write it down 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it it becomes rooted. Yeah. Oh, this is very true. Cool. Yes. <laughs> so okay. All right. So now that you know her magic, <laughs> do you want to know about Tara Ra's life? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So this is her story, and I'm going to slightly cheat and read it from her website. You know why? Because she's a fantastic writer and she already wrote it down for me. <laughs> So this is in her own words, and I just want to say it like she does because it's really pretty. So her website is terrara.net, and it's T-E-R-E-R-A-I, and I will put it in the show notes as well. Uh, but this is her story. So rooted in humble beginnings, Terra grew up in a cattle herding family in rural Zimbabwe in a country known as Rhodonesia under colonial rule, where cultural practices and a war liberated her countries charted and charted the course for her life. Due to traditional women's roles and cultural norms, Terra did not have the opportunity to go to school. Undeterred, she dreamed of an education and determinately taught herself how to read and write by her brother's school books. I mean, I just love that determination of, uh, no, I'm going to learn to read and write. (laughs) So despite being married at a young age, she had three children before she was 18. She never lost sight of her dreams. As a young mother without a high school diploma, Terra met a woman who would change her life. Uh, jo Luck, you might have heard of her. She was the CEO of the Heifer International Group. They did a lot of work in Africa with women um, owning their own cattle. Hmm. I remember getting a catalog going, you know what I mean? You can, you know, you can help a woman in Africa by purchasing um, a bit of this, you know, cow and in her, um, you can purchase part of her, basically her business, you know what I mean? Like a stake in the startup of their business. Um, so Joe Luck of Heifer International told Terra, if you believe in your dreams, they are achievable. Um, so with this inspir- inspiration and her mother's encouragement to make it, you know, for the community, the betterment of the community, Terra wrote down her dreams of going to America to get a higher education, sealed them in a tin can, and buried them under a rock. And this became the blueprint pretty much for her life. Uh, In 1998, she came to America and she went to Oklahoma State University. Uh, She got that bachelor's degree. She got her bachelor's degree in uh, agriculture. Oh, agriculture. Oh, my gosh. Agriculture. Thank you, agriculture. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, Education. There you go. Uh, And then girl got her master's. She then got her doctorate from Western Michigan University. Her thesis was looking at HIV and AIDS preventive programs for women and girls in sub-Saharan Africa. All along the way of getting all of her, you know, goals and dreams, getting that de- under uh, undergraduate degree, getting that master's degree, getting that PhD, she was abused by her husband. She was underpaid and underappreciated and had five kids who came to America with her that she was also raising as she was facing abuse as she was facing getting these degrees. Um, She did have an amazing mother who was a midwife. And she says in her book that if her mother had been recognized and gone to, you know, uh, Ivy League education, 
she probably would have been known as one of the best OBGYNs in Africa. Uh, but she was uneducated. And so she did what she knew, but she had ancestral roots of knowing what, and she talks about these stories of just knowing what these women need in the difficulty of uh, their pregnancies. Um, and she talked about how her hands shook from holding so many babies and that she was going blind because of the things she has seen. <laughs> 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 so and I'm like I understand that if you deliver a lot of babies your eyes have seen some things so I got it um but she thought of how education would have helped her mother save more lives in her village and that's what kept her going she knew that education meant helping more people um, and her mother had already helped so many people. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a way to a superpower, basically. Um, so yes, so that was from uh, her website. Uh, so she was a two-time guest on the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, when Tararani was named the all-time favorite guest, she returned for what she was told was just kind of like a reunion show of like, these are some of her favorites, but don't mention the school you're trying to start. Just don't, don't mention the school at all. So Tehrani's like, okay, my whole life was to go back to Zimbabwe and to open a school for girls. And I talked about it with Oprah, but now I'm not supposed to talk about it with Oprah. Well, it was all a basically big trick because she did not know she was the all time favorite guest, like the numero uno favorite guest. And so when Oprah finally told her that she said, and also I'm giving you $1.5 million to rebuild your childhood yeah. school. And yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, with the firm belief that education was a pathway out of poverty and the strong desire to get back to her community, uh, now Dr. Trent, that's right, doctor, um, she founded the Tehrani Trent International and she worked with Oprah and she worked with Save the Children um, to build educational schools and communities. Um, she has 11 schools in Zimbabwe right now um, and they're just getting started. They have over 5,000 children that have been educated so far. And it says on their website, it's only the beginning. So uh, I cannot recommend The Awakened Woman like any more uh, than humanly possible. Like I said, it's at the Gals Guide Library. It's at your bookstore. It's on Amazon and Thriftbooks. Just, just get it. Just go <laughs> to her foundation, terrorani.net, and just like, yeah, she's, she's doing amazing things like right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right now but in this book it gives you so much wisdom that you can take with your you know to your life and incorporate how you need to very easy principles to make your life more meaningful and to cure that great hunger it always makes me think of katie because katie always like feeds me delicious things <laughs> but then i'm like but then what feeds katie you know what i'm saying that corner <laughs> <laughs> is it the cooking itself is it the taking care of people is it you know what I mean so yeah. it always makes me think of the great hunger in more ways than one so but that's my lady that's Tara Ronnie Trent <laughs> I'm literally pulling up our book club our gal's guide theme so I can fit yes. it yep 
we're doing it. Okay, I think she could fit in naturalists because Thank she talks so much about being rooted to nature. Um, I like that. And I think it would be so powerful uh, if she was in um, uh, Naturalist Month. I mean, there's lots of great biologists. Yes, I know. But uh, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Exactly. So when I did my Girl Scout vision board, because we had a Girl Scout thing for grown-ass women, uh, I did my vision board on Dr. Trerani, uh Trent. <laughs> she was my little vision board. I had her quotes on there. <laughs> While we were talking, I added her book to my um, my book list. Yes. Oh my God, you'll love it. I think you will find a lot of genealogy in it, but at the same time, there's just so much. It'll it'll it's gonna hit you on a lot of levels. <laughs> Good. So yes, definitely take a highlighter, take a pen, <laughs> cool. underline stuff, and come back to it over and over again. But yeah, the seed bit really made me think of you, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> cool in the genealogy world um people who are family historians are looked at as the storytellers of their yes. families the people mm -hmm. that um preserve the family stories yep um you know so absolutely the the seed analogy completely the works. seed keepers yes exactly <laughs> See, it gives an, another nuance, another kind of layer to, to what you do. So, right. and what all of us could do right. in our own way, like what seeds are you curating? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what seeds are you planting? So I dig it. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Oh, look. Oh, and then Bonnie literally has seeds. <laughs> what are your literal seeds you have right now? I literally, I signed up for the San Diego Sea Company, which oh. is in San Diego. No. Um, but I signed up for their seed of the month thing for rare seeds. And there were two poppies and then a type of lettuce that has been grown on the International Space Station. Oh, so nice. I'm not going to nerd. So that's exciting. But yeah. I but love your nerd stuff. I'm just sitting here being like, my seeds are over there. Like I'm like, because I'm <laughs> some seeds. <laughs> got, got, got some started, but I'm like, mm, like I want to start more every day. But exactly. I am working on a seed library for Galcat. Yes. I have my little envelopes right behind my computer here. Yes, working on the seed library. <laughs> I wanted to know, do you know what she got her master's in? Because she went from agriculture yes her thesis being on like hiv aids and i'm like what right what was um, that there i think it was also in agriculture is what her master's was but then there's part of me that wonders if it was medical she pretty much stayed in do 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 oh her master's degrees she has two <laughs> public health and plant pathology uh -huh. how about that for a badass wow. right exactly so that's why also then yeah why her undergraduate degree and why her thesis statement seemed like they were buried because she was actually getting two master's degrees um oh. in both to be able to combine <laughs> public health uh with nature uh for mm -hmm. her community which 
I love people who combine things. Hedy Lamar. I mean, I'm just, I just yes. love combinations of opposite things because it makes something magical. So absolutely. Hedy Lamar is one of my favorite people. Exactly. Brains and okay. beauty can exist yes. <laughs> and player pianos and torpedoes. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? You need more people like her. I know. Dogs are going crazy. Uh, <laughs> I think they're like, hey, wrap it up. Bonnie's got seeds yeah. to plant. <laughs> I had I had a question. I'm not, oh, yes. What's your question? That there is a connection with her and the education. I, mm-hmm. Surely she has met and worked with the wonderful Malala. I'm wondering if she has. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm be great. sure there's got to be. Yep. Um, as far as I know, I don't know of any Tara Ronnie stuff that she's done with the UN, but mm-hmm. if she has, or if she will do some UN stuff, I could see her and Malala very much kind of being in that same, uh, vicinity to have a conversation and, oh man, that could be powerful. So I'd love that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right. Should I wrap us up for the entire month? Yeah. <gasps> All right. Well, that wraps it up for Black History Gals Month. Next month, wash off those brushes because we are celebrating art gals. We hope to see you really soon at the Gals Guide Library. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.